Hey there, I'm Karch Kirai, head coach of the USA Women's National Volleyball Team, and you are listening to the USA Volleyball Show. City, Colorado Springs, Colorado. This is the USA Volleyball Show. And here are your hosts, Clarence Hughes and Stephen Munson. Hello and welcome to the USA Volleyball Show, the official podcast of USA Volleyball. My name is Stephen Munson, of course, joined by my co-host, Clarence Hughes. Clarence, how are you doing today? I'm good, but uh, a little disappointed. I thought you were going to go longer. It sounded like you were going to go longer, and you just, uh, you dipped early. You know, you, you gave up on the play. I don't know what happened there, man. Yeah, you know, I just, I've had a lot of coffee this morning. <laughs> My voice isn't quite there yet. I should have drank more water before this. I did not. Uh, and yeah, that's just what you got today. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Hey, we heard it here first. That's what we got today, fellas, folks, <laughs> people, everyone, friend of the pod. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, Did you have a good weekend? Oh uh, yeah, volleyball for the weekend. That I totally forgot I played volleyball this weekend. But yeah, had nice. a tournament up and dive. Oh, up and dive. Up Endeavor at the dive volleyball mm-hmm. facility. Yep, that was a lot of fun. Then my seventeens, uh, we had a power up in Fort Morgan, which was my first time in Fort Morgan. It's okay, very nice. far from Colorado Springs. That's a drive. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> awesome. How the how the tournament go? Uh, tournament went good. We went about, I think we got like fourth or fifth place. One of those, we got knocked out like oh. in the semifinals. Uh, so did pretty good. And then just kind of eh, towards the end, but that's okay. You know, so the dope volleyball is just bunch of guys in the gym, hit the ball as hard as we could. And weekend warriors. <laughs> I love it. Get <laughs> warriors. I love it. And then from there, just drove up to, uh, Fort Morgan, their remaining hour and a half and, you know, coached the rest of the weekend. What about you? How's your weekend? Uh, great weekend. I actually, as you were talking, I was trying to remember what I did, which means <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> That's good. You need some of those weekends, though. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I didn't do anything this weekend. All I did yeah. was binge watch Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus or whatever your preferred streaming service is. Mm-hmm. We are open to streaming service providers. So just kidding, you guys. But um, yeah, sometimes you eat those weekends. I do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was definitely catching up on some TV. Uh, as you know, Pedro Pascal season. Uh, we've got The Last of Us on HBO that just finished up and and watched that. And then uh, Mandalorian is back. Oh, I know. I can't wait. Uh, I'm going so, to Yeah, I was, was catching up on that as well. I'm a big uh, I'm a big snowfall person. It's, it's, their, it's the last. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, every episode that's come out. Like even from when the season from when the first season started a while ago and I binge watched that, like up until now this last season, like every episode is just like, oh my God. For those of you who are watching this on YouTube, you'll you'll really get to see that that reaction I gave. But it's it's wild. It's an adult uh, show for sure. So Mirror's Christian isn't biased, but yeah, I've never seen Snowfall. I've, I saw that ad somewhere though of, of it being the final season. Uh-huh. Um so definitely, yeah, that's I love when a show is in its final season and it's it's just like you can't get enough of it. You're on the edge of your seat and every episode just hits you like that. Mm-hmm. It asks the question, though, it's just like, 
do you, does the show know when to stop or mm. does it go for too long? I feel mm. like it's there's never an in between. Mm. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like usually it goes a little too long or a show will go will kind of lose its footing kind of in the middle of their of their run and then they like pick it up back up at, towards the end. Yeah. I feel it like starts off really good middle few seasons are meh, you know, and then then it gets good at the end. I feel like you just described uh, Ozark because that's not filmed <laughs> Ozark. Dude, I never finished Ozark. Because <laughs> I got lost <laughs> in the middle of it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, okay. Cast or something to this. <laughs> Great show, by the way. Jason Bateman, don't come back. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, uh, before we get too lost in the the TV show binging talk, let's let's get into this episode because we have a great episode for you but before we uh, talk about our guests coming up uh, in case you missed it back in december we of course we've talked about it a lot we interviewed several guests at the 2022 abca convention of those incredible guests we got to sit down and interview brooke rundle of equality coaching alliance and marie zydek of depaul university women's volleyball she's the head coach there um, they talk about their backgrounds in volleyball, their involvement in the Equality Coaching Alliance, the work that they're doing to support the LGBTQ plus community, and much, much more. Of course, those are available to listen to now. Uh, and you can also watch those at the USA Volleyball YouTube channel. So check those out. And let's keep moving here with news with use. In case you missed it, in episode 60, I'm going to repeat it next in episode 61. The 2023 U.S. Volleyball Beach National Championship is returning to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, July 18th through the 23rd. Our registration is now open on usavbracketpal.com. All questions can be directed to beachevents at usav.org. If you're interested in men's college volleyball, you can check out our website for weekly roundups to stay up to date on results, rankings, key matches, and much, much more. Also, Hall of Fame tickets are now on sale and was taking place on May 24th in Dallas, Texas, right before the Open National Championship. This always hosts, this always takes place in conjunction with USA Volleyball's annual meetings. We have the Hall of Fame banquet in the middle and then the Open National Championship Tournament to round it all up. So if you're looking to attend this year's Hall of Fame banquet, tickets are in sale now. So purchase, 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 buy, buy, buy. Uh, more on that and all of the other latest news that USA Volleyball always has to offer, you can check out our website and visit us at usavolleyball.org. Now on to today's show. We were able to catch up with U.S. Women's National Team libero Morgan Hintz while she was in Colorado Springs at the U.S. Women's National Team Open Program a couple weekends back. Uh, but we were able to talk to Morgan, catch up with her. Uh, she was there representing USA, uh, the USA Women's Program, talking to athletes about you know her experience with the women's program, uh, playing as well as opportunities to play professionally. Uh, and a lot more, just, you know, being there to for the athletes um, to observe, obviously, but also to, you know, just talk to the athletes one on one in groups and just um, kind of help them understand what it's like, what life is like as a professional athlete. So 
Great to have Morgan there, uh, but we were able to catch up with her and talk about uh, her goals for the upcoming season and so much more. So let's jump right into it. Here's Morgan. Morgan, thank you so much for being here in Colorado Springs at the U.S. Women's National Team Open Program, uh, a program that you've also participated in as well. Is that right? Well, I was supposed to come participate in 2020, like, COVID, okay. but then, you know, COVID, COVID happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was such a weird time to be graduating um, from school. But mm-hmm. luckily, you know had a chance um, to compete in the national team gym, like come and showcase some of my abilities. And yeah, but I didn't actually get to attend this trial, but it's such a cool opportunity for so many college players to come and, you know, show all their great skills off and probably meet a ton of other really cool college players they play against all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is a, this is an awesome opportunity. Have some of the best collegiate players, women's collegiate players in one place. All yeah. I think Karch calls it. We've had him on the podcast before P- volley Palooza. <laughs> is what he calls it. But um, yeah, just awesome to have all that talent in one space. And obviously to have you here, Have we have several Olympians also here. The national team staff is here. So it just feels feels really cool. And we're at the Olympic Paralympic Training Center as well. So it just feels like an awesome experience for these athletes to have. Yeah, it's no, it's like you said, it's a, a really amazing atmosphere, especially for these aspiring college athletes to take their game to the next level right. when, when they're done playing college. So yeah, it's such a cool, it is a volleypalooza, yeah. like Karch said. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I've seen so many familiar faces and reconnected with so many people. It's, it's really awesome. Yeah. What are some of the conversations that you're having with some of the, you know, old friends, maybe teammates, um, just athletes, maybe you've competed against too. What are some of those conversations you're having around this event? Yeah. Um, some have been in regard to like what they're doing in colleges. Like I have some friends that are now coaching in college and then a couple that are still playing and pursuing their, um, volleyball career professionally. And then just actually cut, catching up with a couple girls that are still in college. Like, um, some of my best friends at, at Stanford, their names are Michaela and Caitlin Keith, and they have a younger sister. Um, oh, cool. and she plays at Duke. So I got to see her talk with her. She's like, this is such an awesome event. Um, and not only for them to, you know, showcase their abilities, but just learn about USA volleyball. And we just had an awesome talk with some of the professional leagues that are getting started here in the U S. So, um, it's just a really cool event. Um, for just volleyball in America. Yeah. And, and kind of perfect transition there. Talking about those pro leagues. Um, you also did a Q and a too, yeah. as part of that, um, after the pro league sessions, but what were some of the, um, I know you kind of talked about your background with the, with the athletes that were there in attendance and, um, fielded questions about playing professionally. Mm-hmm. What were some of those questions and, and topics that came up and, and how were you able to like kind of guide the athletes through that? Yeah. So one of the first questions was like, what's your origin story with yeah. volleyball? And, uh, mine was just that I started playing in third grade. I was a a bit of a monkey, as my parents would say, and they just tried to put me in as many sports as possible to, you know, tire me out. Tire you out, yeah. And then, um, like, sixth grade rolls around, and my best friends at the time, they're triplets, love them to death to this day. Um, and they're like, you got to give this, you got to give club volleyball a try. And I was like, okay, well, if you guys are doing it, then I'm going to do it. Um, and a lot of my other friends were also playing club volleyball and just being around them and 
volleyball is such an epitome of a team sport. Um, I really fell in love with the sport, especially the defensive side of the game. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what kept me playing the, the relationships and friendships that I've made throughout the sport of volleyball. Um, and then some of the other questions that athletes were asking were, what was it like to play overseas or what was that transition like from being in college to playing professionally? Um, so for me coming out of college, it was 2020 COVID. Um, I played my first year overseas in Germany. Um, and it was such a weird time in the world. I mean, everyone has their crazy COVID stories. And for me, it was just apartment gym, apartment gym, flipping back and forth and then going to the grocery store for fun with, <laughs> with teammates. I love when that, you brought that up. That yeah. Was <laughs> it was like, we were like, well, what do we do? We were, it was a nice day outside. We went to the grocery store, grabbed like some fruit or like just like fruit snacks and yeah, sat outside. Just walk the, around. Yeah. yeah. Sat outside the grocery store and hung out. But, um, yeah, um, we were talking about like in that transition from college to professional, like in college, you have your academics and you have like a very you know, strict schedule with volleyball. Um, and then when you're on your own, it's, it's just volleyball now. And so we, Jordan Poulter and I talked a little bit about trying to lead that balanced lifestyle and finding some of those hobbies that maybe you didn't have time to pursue while you were in college. Um, but it can be a really difficult transition at first year, all on your own in a new country, probably where you don't speak uh, the country's first language. Right. And yeah. luckily when I was in Germany, a lot of uh, all the players on my team spoke English as a second language really well. So that definitely made me feel more comfortable, but I know that's not the case for girls that go and play in different countries. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that was, those were a couple of the questions um, yeah. that some of the girls asked. One of the hobbies that you brought up that I thought was funny was knitting. <laughs> <laughs> How did that go? And why do you like want to yeah. start? Do you, did you have a family member who knits or? So I, it was during COVID. I was so bored. And I think at one point I was watching so much of this, um, reality TV show is called Love Island. It's okay, like yeah. the British Heard of version. It. I haven't seen it. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to stop watching this. I'm starting to talk in a British accent. <laughs> like, this is not good. I need to occupy my brain with doing something a little more productive. So I was like, okay, I liked making friendship bracelets as a kid. Maybe I'll like knitting it. You know, it was a little more complicated than the friendship <laughs> bracelet. So that wasn't for me, but I ended up like finding, like, I really dove into some books. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't really have that time in college to, you know, just pick up a book and read for fun. It was mostly like reading the, the material that co college professors would put out. And I was like, I don't want to read any more than what I have on my plate. Um, so yeah, I took up some reading. Um, I love Spotify, creating playlists on Spotify, trying to find new music. It's super fun. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really hard at first trying to figure out those other hobbies because it was just always volleyball school and volleyball right. in school. So that's kind of fun though, to like explore, get the time. Like yeah. you said, in college, like you didn't have, you had that strict schedule, but being a professional, you had a little bit more time, especially in those COVID years when you yeah. uh, had a little bit more time to maybe outside of going to the grocery store, find a new hobby <laughs> to do. But that's, that's uh, I, I would imagine that's a really cool space to be in though. Yeah. I, I feel like I learned a lot about myself. Yeah. Like I've never had that much time alone. Mm -hmm. um, I think at one point I was talking to myself a little bit too much in my apartment, <laughs> but, um, it's a great, it's a great time to, you know, really get to know yourself and figure out what you like and what you dislike. Yeah. Staying with professional volleyball, uh, you, you've played in athletes unlimited. Um, could you speak a little bit about your experience with AU? And then, um, we also had real pro volleyball here and love league one volleyball yeah. here. Um, maybe some conversations that you've had with them just about their leagues that are starting up in 2024. Yeah. So I had the opportunity opportunity to play in Athletes Unlimited last year around uh, March and April mm -hmm. of 2022. Um, 
And I absolutely loved my experience with them. I was really nervous at first be- just because of the league's unique format where your team's changing from week to week. Um, your stats correlate to points and it puts you on a leaderboard. And I was like, what if I get caught up in that? Or And none of those things actually happened. At the end of the day, it was just playing volleyball and with a really unique group of, of strong women too. Like it was... AU did a wonderful job of creating opportunities for us to really get to know each other off the court. So it was easier for us to communicate on the court when we were interchanging so many people. Um, And it was such a freeing way to play volleyball. I've never played it that way. You've always been with a team for multiple months. Um, And so to just have a team for a week, like it was such a unique way to play, but really fun. It was such a great group of women. Um, you were, it really inspired me, not just on the court, but off the court. They, some of them had some really cool hobbies or other pursuits in their life. Um, it was just fun to hear about. And yeah, I, I, I absolutely loved my time with AU and look forward to continuing with them in the future. And then now we have Love and um, Pro Volleyball Federation getting started here within the within 2024. Um, so it's just such an exciting time for professional volleyball in the U.S. And it gives college players that opportunity to stay here in the U.S. to play if that's something they want to do versus traveling to go somewhere abroad to play. Um, I know for me, I figured out that I definitely prefer being in the U.S., closer to family and friends, and eventually – Volleyball will come to an end and I have to pivot. And I know that I want to make that pivot in a different career in the U.S. So mm. it just helps me lay the foundation for a life here. Yeah. I remembered uh, in, in your Q&A, you talked a little bit about that, touched on that as you came to that decision of staying in the U.S. and being close to family. What led you to that decision and, and what were the like kind of the pros and cons that you were weighing versus like going overseas or, or playing professional volleyball? Yeah. So um, tw- after playing in Germany, like the summer of 2021, I, I had a knee injury. And so that really prevented me from pursuing volleyball overseas. I had to stay home and recover, but I also didn't get to play much in Germany my first year. Like I, I was the backup libero um, and I didn't have any offers actually to play anywhere. So Athletes Unlimited gave me that opportunity to stay here and play in the U.S. Um, so that was one big factor. Um, another thing was I just started to not feel like myself. Yeah. Um, my family's been my rock throughout my whole life. I'm really close with them and they've been there for me in my ups and downs in volleyball. I'm, I'm sure my parents are sick and tired of me calling and be like, I don't know what I'm doing with volleyball. Or, but they've always, you know, they know the script to tell me to get me back on track and just to be able to like see them for holidays is something that makes my heart feel full and makes me feel like I can continue to pursue volleyball at the highest level. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a big part of the excitement with these pro leagues coming up and starting soon is, is before the only option after college was to go play overseas. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you're there, what, seven, eight months out of the year, yeah. maybe longer. Sometimes, sometimes nine months, especially nine months. for girls on elite teams that compete in champions yeah. league and they go like first, second week in May, it, it can be really long. Yeah. And I think Cassidy Lickman brought it up is that's for some people. Some people love that and yeah. love to travel and, and are okay being away from family at that, that time. And, um, but for other people like yourself, you need your family close to you. And, and, uh, I think it's so important. Uh, this is a great time for these leagues to come up because, uh, volleyball is only growing more and more and we need places for these women to play and, 
to keep them in the U.S. where they're close to family is just an awesome opportunity for them. Yeah. I mean, the college game has grown yeah. so much and the viewership, um, whether it's not just the national championship event, which already, you know, does get a ton of viewers. Um, it's games and people selling out crowds now. Like um, it's just been so fun to follow along. And and like you said, now players will just have that option to go overseas if that's something they want to pursue or stay in the U.S. And I think it's cool to have the option to stay in the U.S. because they can already build upon a following that they've already created in college. I know, like, for example, like players in Nebraska. Oh, my gosh. Like, they have one of the best fan bases for yeah. volleyball in the country. Yep. And now there's, for a pro volleyball federation, there's going to be a team in Omaha. How cool would it be for some of those players to make that jump from playing at Nebraska to playing for the professional league uh, or professional team in Omaha for PBF? Um, it's they would already bring all those Nebraska fans over with them. So I just think that's, that's something that could be really cool for the future of volleyball in the U S. Yeah. I can only imagine the, the GBR, the <laughs> Nebraska fans are just so stoked to yes. have professional volleyball coming in 2024. Yeah. I bet they're already in line for tickets probably. Yeah, I think Cecile <laughs> said they like some of the, um, like people in Nebraska were already asking, where can we get tickets? Yeah. So like they were already asking. Were camping like, out oh in parking gosh. lots or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're ready to jump on it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, really exciting time for volleyball and professional volleyball as well. Moving back a little bit to college, you're a three-time national championship or champion with Stanford. Mm -hmm. um, and talk a little bit about your college experience. What were some of the highs that you, that you had at Stanford and being a part of such a prestigious program like Stanford, especially yeah. during that time? Yeah, I've, I would, my time at Stanford is like some of the best memories I've had in life so far. And that's all attributed to the teammates that I had in college. Um, I was so lucky to come in with a wonderful class. There were six of us. Um, and we all came from very similar backgrounds. Um, and we just immediately connected and they were my best friends throughout all of college and they are to this day. Um, but even the girls above me and below me, the culture that has just been instilled in the program is something so special to be a part of. And I, I love that no matter what your goals are at, at Stanford, cause they might be more volleyball related or academic related. Everyone, um, just wants to see you succeed and is going to help you do that in any way possible, whether it's coming from support staff or it's coming from teammates. Uh, my teammates became my second family, you know, Kentucky and California, there's some, <laughs> there's some miles in between there. Yeah. So being able to rely on my teammates through those tough times and good times, like, um, and I really needed that support throughout college. Um, and my fondest memories aren't necessarily like on the court or like winning matches. It's more about like the locker room memories, people goofing off, playing funky music or the bus rides where we were probably being a little bit too obnoxious in public, but um, just really connecting and creating these strong bonds with some wonderful women. Are you um, still involved with the program at all? Do you like reach out to any athletes uh, that, are, that come through or, or visit the campus at all? No, I, oh my gosh, I love watching the games. It was yeah. super fun to follow along this past year. Um, and Kevin Hambly still, still yep. the coach there. And I had the opportunity to be coached by him for three seasons. Um, but yeah, anytime Stanford's on, I'm rooting for them. Like we have so many sports at Stanford, which is, was one really fun thing. Like 
growing up, I never got to watch water polo, just not popular yeah. in, in my area. And like coming to California, being able to watch that sport, I was like, this is a gnarly sport. And it was so cool to see some of those athletes compete. But anytime Stanford's on, my family is like, let's watch, let's watch. So um, I feel really, it's special to be a part of that Stanford community. That's awesome. Going back to your early days in volleyball, you said you started in third grade. Did you play club volleyball at all? And then what club did you play for? Yeah, I, I played club volleyball um, at NKYVC. Yep. It just stands for Northern Kentucky Volleyball Club. Um, and I started, I started in sixth grade there. So when I was about 12 years old and I stayed at that club until I was 18 years old and awesome. ready to be sent off to college. But um, I played with many of the girls from year after year. Um, and I loved my experience at NKYBC. I had some of the best coaches I've ever had, um, instilled the foundation of volleyball or skills for volleyball in me. And just, I love that they emphasize heart always like just playing with heart. Um, that all out effort mentality is something that I learned at the club and, and all my teammates, I think we were always a little bit like undersized or we would consider ourselves a little bit more of an underdog team. Um, but we, really embraced that role. And one of my friend's dad says, um, play like an underdog with the confidence of a champion. And I felt like that was like the perfect phrase for our club teams growing up. And I think we did it. Oh, it was always fun. We always had a blast, like upsetting teams if we weren't supposed to win. Um, it was really fun. I hope you hope some of the volley dads made t-shirts that, from that <laughs> phrase. That would have been perfect. It would have been a great <laughs> phrase. You know, they still have a volleyball, like dad's group message oh, to I this love, day. That's so cool. <laughs> and they still talk about all the college games that are going on. And even they're now have an interest in the professional side of volleyball too with the yeah. league's getting started here. So it's been really exciting. That's one of my favorite parts about uh, going to junior qualifiers or, or even our USAB nationals is seeing the volley dads <laughs> and how into it they get. They really do. I mean, a lot of them are just like big guys, you know, <laughs> probably maybe played football or something. Yeah. I don't know, basketball. And they just get so into it. They have their whole, <laughs> all the cameras set. All the cameras set oh up, maybe matching t-shirts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome to see how into it. I, I know my, my dad is, he is transformed into a volleyball dad at first he was like I don't know why you're picking volleyball I don't really understand the appeal <laughs> of it but then after like you know one season he's like all right we're all in like he starts thinking up strategies yeah, and stuff yeah. and talking the lingo <laughs> talk of debriefing with me after like a club match so yeah, yeah. my dad's like my go-to um when I'm having a tough day and he like definitely helps me get through those tough times when it comes to volleyball. So he knows what to say. He's a smart volleyball dad. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yes. Yeah, kind of going off that a little bit, who are some of your role models growing up and, and even now moving into uh, competing with the national team? Yeah. I would say my parents are really my biggest role models. And I know that can sound cliche and I know that's an answer for many people, but, um, just growing up, I felt like they always put me and my siblings first and gave us opportunities, you know, to pursue our dreams and our goals. And, um, that wasn't always easy. My, my younger brother, um, his name's Louis. Um, he had cancer at the age of one, um, and they had to move around the country a little bit to pursue, uh, healthcare options for him. And, but they never made my sister or I, um, feel like, I don't know, they still provide us with this amazing childhood. And not once did I ever see them defeat it, or they didn't let us know that they were struggling, which is so hard to do. And they could have done so many times, uh, but they're just the strongest people I know. And yeah, they've t taught me what it means to be a family and what it means to sacrifice and, you know, give it all you have to the people that you love. Um, 
we can completely cut this out, but I kind of want to learn more about your brother. Is, yeah. is he in remission or, or how, how's that going? Yeah. So my brother's cancer free. He's currently uh, 19 years old. Awesome. Um, he, at the age of three, he was diagnosed with autism. Um, so he's pretty nonverbal, um, uh, like low functioning, but he's got a big heart. Um, he has yeah. this certain things that he loves. Um, uh, he loves to swim. He loves his cool. iPad. He's got some YouTube videos that he, um, he, he loves. I think sometimes it's, um, when you talk about autism, there's this huge spectrum, right. like someone that might be super high functioning or, and Louis typically falls on the lower functioning side, but he's a teddy bear. <laughs> um, and you know, I just want to be there as a friend for him and to help him have the best life possible. And I think, yeah, my family's always been great about that and figuring out ways to just try to bring some joy in his life. Cause he's, he's gone through what no kid should have to go through right. at the age of one or three. So yeah, he, he deserves to be, live an easy life. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like you have a great family. Next family reunion or gathering, let me know. I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to join. We always say the more the merrier. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, kind of moving on to your your role now with the national team. Um, you've competed with the senior team for a few few years now. Um, what have been what has your experience been like? And you know, in the Q and A, you talked a lot about Justine Wangarantis kind of taking you under her wing and and just that relationship between you two. But yeah, what's your experience been like with the national team? Yes. So my first summer in the gym was 2020. Um, and that was a really bizarre really time, summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there, there were no competitions yeah. and, um, the like Jordan Poulter, Haley Washington and Justine were all in the gym and explaining like how bizarre, um, of a summer it was. Cause it was like two V two. You couldn't have more, a certain amount of people on the court and they were cleaning the balls. Every time we touched them, we were playing with masks and the coaches were even wearing gloves. So that was such a weird time to like start off in the gym, but also a really good chance to get to know some of the players on a deeper level, um, and really figure out what the team's all about. Um, the following summer, I was just in there for a couple of weeks and I unfortunately tore my meniscus. Um, that was definitely a bit of a bummer and, and a setback, but this past summer was 2022 was really my first full summer with a team and having some opportunities to compete. Um, but I just feel grateful and honored to play alongside women who are just so motivated um, and dedicated to the sport and are doing literally what, whatever it takes to pursue it at the highest level. Um, and Justine specifically um, has just been so welcoming and has taken me under her wing. I feel like we just have this really open dialogue along with like the other people that share positions on the team about like, what do we need to do that's going to help us win? And I think that mentality um, um, among the team is really what's going to drive us to be successful um, down the line. And our goals are for Paris, you know, to yeah. take home the gold, but, um, you know, or be on the podium. So we're just trying to figure out whatever it takes. And um, for me, it's been super fun to learn from Justine because she's not only an incredible libero and athlete, but a truly amazing person who's one of the de best teammates um, I've ever played with. You mentioned you know, the goal is Paris, uh, getting back on the podium. The women's program just had a, a historic Olympics, winning the first gold for the program ever. Um, you know, obviously gold is the goal. 
uh, going into Paris, but what are some of those like little things, those little steps that you guys are taking to, to stay on top and stay yeah. that number one team that you guys are? Yes. Sometimes it's hard because when people go and play the professional seasons, everyone's around the world, literally right. like Japan, Italy, Turkey, Brazil, um, some in the U S yeah. um, <laughs> but, um, figuring out ways to like stay connected through like zoom calls or just WhatsApp texting each other. And we have, I think with Sue Enquest's help, like made a conscious effort to make sure that we are laying out those team goals for the summer and also creating personal goals and really staying on top of them and having a system where we check back in on those goals and make sure, you know, we're taking those tangible steps to get closer to them. Um, but the, I mean, we have had a couple of zoom calls we try to do meet like once a month so we can talk, see each other's faces. I think that's so much better than just sending a text message. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's helpful to have those goals, team goals to know what we're working towards, especially on those long overseas seasons where you're going to have your lows and your highs. And, yeah. but to, to come back to that goal is, is nice motivation. Uh, Volleyball Nations League happens in the summer. It's a, I think Aaron said six week competition mm -hmm. um, and the rosters change every week or can change every week. Uh, but a little unique to this year is that we are hosting the women's finals uh, in July in Arlington, Texas, uh, which Dallas, Texas, basically. I'm from Dallas originally. So yeah, yeah outside of Dallas, but Arlington, Texas. Um, what I guess for, and we don't know the rosters yet, so we don't know if you're going to be there or not, but for anyone who's in the area or maybe traveling to come watch, why, why should they want to come watch this event? You know, it's, it's not only, it's a finals too. It's, it's not even just a leg of the yeah. VNL. It's a finals of the VNL. So why should they want to come watch this event? They should want to come watch because you are literally watching world-class players, literally the best in the world at, at their craft, at their sport. Um, and just the level of play and the IQ that these players have is so fun to watch. Just, you know, whether it's people going all out on defense and making these crazy digs or these setters putting up amazing balls for their hitters to just crank on or attackers when they could crank on an attack, just being super smart and yeah. placing a tip right behind the block. Like the knowledge that these players have is unlike anything that, you know, it is a higher level than anything that we've seen here in college volleyball. So to be able to see that next level, even for college players or youth kids to like aspire to be that way, I think it's just huge. Um, especially, you know, we're, we're hosting world-class players, like I said, and you're not going to get that anywhere else. So it's just really cool to have that opportunity here in the U S yeah. The U S uh, the U S uh, women's program will be in that finals. They get an guaranteed bid into it. But like you said, it's going to be the best in the world. Uh, yeah. it could be Brazil there or Italy, or, you know, we don't know yet, but yeah. it'll be the best in the world. And you don't, it's rare. You won't, you won't see that. No, it's so rare. Um, so take advantage yeah. of that opportunity. Yeah. And another cool part of, of VNL, uh, that I've witnessed is just getting to meet the athletes too, getting to meet you and your teammates, uh, after the matches and spending some time just kind of talking and getting autographs or pictures or whatever. And, you know, you can see how much that means to those young athletes. I'm sure you could probably think back to, to your young days where it would have been really cool to meet some of your heroes as well. 
yeah, just even having that conversation with them and just, I don't know, you, you want to see what you could be someday. Right. And like now that that finals week is here in the U S like you get to see people com- compete on an international stage. Like the best from all over the world are coming to one spot to compete and play. It's just really cool. Yeah. I'm really excited for that. I'll actually be there. So I'm uh, awesome. looking forward to it. I've never been to a VNL finals too. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It would be a blast. Yeah. Uh, anything else before we let you go? Anything you'd like to share or talk about with the audience? <laughs> No, I feel like we covered so much. We bounced uh, around a lot. Yeah, yeah no, um, no, it's, it's been a blast getting to chat with you. Great yeah. questions. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for being here and taking the time uh, for anyone who's listening, who might have questions for you or maybe just wants to follow your journey. Where can they find you? Um, yeah, my, my Instagram just Morgan hence. Um, and then I always, I'm Morgan hence volleyball at gmail.com. If anyone ever wants to reach out and ask questions, sometimes I'm not the fastest, but I will get around to it. Um, I'm always happy to answer questions and, you know, just create conversations with people that I don't know. Awesome. Thank you so much, Morgan. Yeah. Thank you. Clarence, really missed you uh, at the Women's National Team Open Program this year. I know you were there last year with us. Uh, but, um, yeah, another great weekend of what Karch calls Volleypalooza. <laughs> Volleypalooza. We got to, we got to, re- we run our, uh, our promo that we, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> recorded there from last year. I, uh, I don't, I don't miss getting hit in the face with volleyball. Thanks, Laura, for that one. But, um, yeah, I was, you kept saying we, and I was like, I miss that interview, and I'm sad about it. So that's the funniest. You brought it up, not me, but yeah, I really missed a really, 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 really good interview. So I'm glad, you know, you guys are able to take the time and just touch base. And from what I've heard, it really seems like it, you know, drew a lot of attention around the atmosphere that was there too. Like, a, like something, you know, just you need a little twist there that doesn't really happen yeah. too often. Yeah, last year we had Jordan Thompson on the ground there for the Women's National Team Open Program. That was awesome. Uh, to have her there. And then, of course, this year we had Morgan Hintz from the uh, Libero from the U.S. Women's National Team, as well as uh, for a little more than half the day, maybe maybe the full day, Jordan Poulter was also there. USA setter, of course, Olympic gold medalist. Jordan Poulter was there. Uh, a bunch of other great, um, you know, alums, too. Cassidy Lickman was there representing Athletes Unlimited. Uh, we had Daniel Scott there as well with League One Volleyball now. Um and so many more, uh, you know, coaches. And uh, I think there are a few other alums. It's escaping me right now. Uh, apologize for that. But just a great, you know, volley palooza, volley atmosphere. And just to, awesome to see the athletes just take full advantage of those info sessions uh, that they had with the professional leagues that are coming up. Of course, that's Athletes Unlimited, League One Volleyball, and Pro Volleyball Federation. They all had. Uh, presentations there for the athletes uh, to come in and watch and ask questions Um, just about, you know, the upcoming pro seasons. Of course, athletes unlimited is ongoing right now. It's, it's up and going Um, pro volleyball federation and league one volleyball will begin in 2024. So they were there, you know, talking about just the early steps, early stages of where they're at right now. And, and uh, the excitement of bringing more professional volleyball to the U.S. and, and those opportunities to the U.S. Question for you. Mm-hmm. So I know you talked about a lot of the pro federations there and they, they gave a lot of their, uh, you know, kind of elevator pitches, speeches and kind of introduced, you know, what they have to offer there. Um, that aside, what was 
what was the most distinctive difference from this year's open program compared to last year's? Mm, okay. Good question. Good question. Um, well, well, for, for us, uh, for, for our team, um, we focused more on just creating content around the athletes. So I don't know if you, uh, <laughs> Curtis says running baller TV or Lara says running baller TV. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, That's we became neat. streamers. We became streamers, uh, at the event and, and how to run baller TV. I would say that was majority Curtis and Lara running baller TV, um, taking the reins there, but we were able to create a lot of great content around the athletes and, you know, capture photos for the SIDs, uh, the further athletes that were represented there. And uh, I think that was just a good way to, to, you know, make the events, make the experience a little bit more special for the athletes, you know, catch, capture that real time content. I don't know if you, if you um, saw the, uh, the mascot TikTok that, that I created while uh, while on the ground there. Did you were you able to catch that on social the media? Mascot TikTok? No. Uh, am I behind on oh. the talks? I'm I'm behind on the TikToks. Behind on the talks. Behind on the yeah. Talks. You gotta check it out. I, I I walked around campus and was asking athletes what sound their mascot makes, their school mascot makes, <laughs> and it was incredible. I thought I was gonna get a lot of weird looks and like. No, I'm not doing that. That's dumb. But uh, no, everybody got into it. There were some really funny ones. Uh, of course, I, I think one of the first ones was Pepperdine. And they did the waves like. Uh, so cool. Of course, you yeah, have the best mic. one. I had the I had. Well, no. Did I have the mini mic? Not not the, not for that one. I did. I did run around with the mini mic, though, uh, for some other interviews. Um, but yeah, definitely check that out. I'll give you a, a quick spoiler here though, for one of them, uh, shout out to Elia Rubin from Stanford. Uh, she just, just a great sport. Um, of course, <laughs> Any what sound does, you with just a great sport? <laughs> what sound does your school mascot made? Uh, she was, she was just stumped and then, then, and then did the, uh, did the tree, and just did the tree blowing in the wind there. That was, it was incredible. It was the star of the video for sure. But yeah, if you haven't checked that out, go, go check that out. It's, it was a lot of fun. All right. Oh man. Missed a lot. Of course, one of the, one of the biggest things missing from this year was, was you. So, um, a lot of people were talking about that, um, on the ground. I think Karch even brought it up too. Uh, really, really missed having you there. And it, and it really, um, it, it was noticed. It, it was noticed for sure. All right, I'm gonna ask an honest, <laughs> sort of dumb question. Were you being serious there? Because if you were not, you were your poker face is through the roof. You need to, you need to. Oh, being completely serious, completely serious. Yeah, I still, I still don't know if being serious. Not okay. <laughs> no, it was, it was a great time. Oh, it was a great time. But, but getting back to 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 what um, Morgan was talking about, one of my one of the things that stood out to me was. Um, of course, a lot, uh, one of the big things, uh, about, about this year versus last year was having those, um, pro volleyball organizations here, uh, three of them, athletes unlimited pro volleyball federation and league one volleyball here talking to the athletes and they were here all weekend or they were there all weekend too. Um, you know, answering questions, they were there kind of in a, kind of in a scouting, 
uh, capacity too, I think, and and just um, gotta recruit trying to build their leagues, you know, as well. But but um, but having them there for the athletes to to pick their brains and you know understand more about the opportunities to play in the U.S. and and one of the things that Morgan brought up was. She started her career playing professionally overseas. Uh, she had a pretty significant injury that kind of led her to come back to the U.S. and then do rehab and stuff. But she found out pretty quickly that playing overseas wasn't for her. Uh, she wanted to be close to family. She wanted to stay close to family. And um, Athletes Unlimited was kind of getting off the ground at the time and was able to uh, join the athletes unlimited league and stay in the U S stay close to home. And I think that was just, that's just a great example of, of what the opportunities are out there for the athletes now. And, um, Morgan able to, you know, stay, stay close or stay close enough to be able to make a couple hours trip or, uh, or a few hour flight to, to get back home. Uh, it was just huge for her and it, and it changed her her life as a professional athlete. And I think that was something that stuck for me talking to her because um, I, I wasn't sure what, you know, what her reasoning was for not going overseas um, or not going back overseas. And that was one of them. And I think a lot of athletes now have that opportunity uh, to do that, especially coming up in, in next year when those two other leagues start. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that she brought up, and I'm glad you brought it up in addition to the interview. But um, I think that's just always going to be a a trending topic, you know, whether it's, you know, trending in a good way or trending in, you know, the harsh reality way of things. It's just, you know, is overseas volleyball, uh, you know, for, you know, you as an athlete and, you know, so many of our national team players, players in our pipeline and just, you know, anyone who goes over to try it. Um, has their own unique story regarding it. You know, we had Jordan Thompson's story about it last year. She even spoke to, you know, a lot of the groups there, um, you know, about her experience, about, you know, what she didn't know, how that hurt and how she was able to, you know, recover from that and, you know, make, you know, you know, you know, make, make it, make it better for herself there. And then now, you know, you're hearing this from Morgan along with the addition of a lot of these, you know, pro volleyball leagues and federations that are, you know, available in the United States. It's just, you know, very interesting conversation. I wonder if we should have like a two, three, four part series on it kind of moving forward. Just, you know, what is your take? You know, if you're playing in this part of Europe and you're playing here and you're playing here, what are all your takeaways? And, you know, what could you have done to make this experience better? What would you change if you could or what wouldn't you change? You know, uh, I think that would be really, really, really fun. Not a fun, but a very informational, um, you know, thing to cover uh, in in a lot of detail moving forward. But, you know, just kind of starting out there. Yeah, I think we've we've kind of touched on that a little bit. We've touched on it sporadically through some other episodes. Uh, One that just came up to me was, um, came to my head, was our Cassie Lickman episode, too, Mm -hmm. uh, where she... You know, obviously now has been playing in in Athletes Unlimited, but her whole career was overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she just, you know, is so excited for the opportunity to have those for to have that opportunity for future athletes and the future generations to be able to play in the U.S. and grow volleyball here in the States, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, just super exciting. But, yeah, that I think that was episode 29. If you want to want to hear a look at you, Robert, uh, I agree. I looked it up earlier. I hope I got it. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, if you want, yep, it's 29, 29. Yeah. I got and there's it. a couple other people who talked <laughs> about it too, but I'm not going to episode drop like Stephen. My memory is not that good. But uh, when I remember, I remember like, dang, I should have dropped it here. But I mean, yeah, I mean, let's go. Let's dive. Let's, let's take a yeah. full dive in. Let's see. Let's see. I wanted to look then. that up earlier because I wanted to to drop that in, since we are bringing up Athletes Unlimited and, and the other leagues as well. But if you wanted to learn more about Athletes Unlimited, you can hear Cassidy talk all about that. In episode 29. So there you go. Oh, yeah. I emailed Cassidy about uh, Athletes Unlimited and a certain collaboration I'm looking for. So Cassidy, if you're listening to uh, this podcast, check your emails. Hit, hit. Uh, just kind of going from there. But uh, I mean, if I'm being honest, it really seems like I missed a great conversation. Um, but it was a conversation I needed to have. It was, you know, great, engaging, uh, you know, very personable too on top of that. Uh, so really, really, really big thank you again, uh, you know, to Morgan uh, for sitting down with our podcast group here. Uh, sorry, I missed it. Um, but if you aren't familiar with the Women's National Team Open Program, again, like Steven mentioned before, Karch calls it. Alipalooza. Alipalooza. <laughs> Alipalooza. There was just so many great and talented athletes, uh, you know, that participated essentially showing off their skills uh, to the Women's National Team coaching staff. Uh, in 2022, uh, like Stephen mentioned, uh, you know, we had Jordan Thompson there talking with athletes and, uh, you know, Morgan Hanks took the reins this year. And, you know, we'll see who, you know, we're able to pull if I'm able to be there in 2023. And you know, I was gonna say, maybe we'll get Claire Tews there. In the- <laughs> <laughs> see, he's got a he's got a tight schedule. <laughs> yeah, But again, thank you so much, Morgan, for taking the time. I'm sad I missed the interview for sure. You know, uh, fun fact too, whenever I show my, like I show my girls videos of, um, you know, just what a perfect server save looks like, what a perfect defensive positioning and what movement to the ball looks like. I pull up Morgan Hens videos and that was something I was, I was, I was wanting to like kind of hint at and, sh- and, you know, share if I was able to do the interview. But yeah, I'm like, look, this is what it looks like. They're like, wow. I'm like, yes. Dang, you should have told me that. I would have would have had her do like a little it, shout out video to your club. Or it totally slipped my mind. It totally slipped my mind. Uh, but yeah, that would have been fun. Next time. Next time. Uh, cool. Let's keep moving on with uh, kind of the wrap up here. We're going to just, I'll bring up some of the upcoming events here, starting with our, on the junior side of things. We have the Mideast Girls National Qualifier Week 2, March 24th through the 26th in St. Louis, Missouri. The 2023 Northern Lights Girls National Qualifier Week 3, March 24th through the 26th in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The Pacific Northwest Girls 18s National Qualifier March 25th through the 27th in Spokane, Washington. The Pacific Northwest Girls National Qualifier Week 1, March 25th through the 27th in Spokane, Washington. The Big South Girls National Qualifier, March 31st through April 2nd in Atlanta, Georgia. The Mideast National Qualifier, Week 3, March 31st through April 2nd in St. Louis, Missouri. The Pacific Northwest Girls National Qualifier, Week 2, March 31st through April 2nd in Spokane, Washington. The a lot happening in Washington. Oh, yeah. Coming weeks. <laughs> big volleyball coming to to Washington. Uh the Lone Star Girls National Qualifier week 1 through or week 1 April 1st through the 3rd in Dallas, Texas. The Northeast Girls National Qualifier week 2 April 1st through the 3rd in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 
the Show Me Girls National Qualifier Weekend 1, April 1st through the 3rd in Kansas City, Missouri, and the GB GCVA April BRQ, April 1st in League City, Texas. Good luck to everyone competing in those events. Shout out to all our USAB regions setting up and hosting those events. More details on all upcoming events can be found at usavolleyball.org. Fun <laughs> fact. I'll give you a little break there before you go on to the pro side of things with final tags. Thank you. Um, um, my, my 16th and 17th will be at the 2023 Big South National Qualifier. I'm so excited to go to Atlanta. It'll be I think three and a half quick days in Atlanta. Get a day back in Colorado Springs and then Salt Lake City Showdown, which is not awesome, awesome because we're not there on the dates yet. But oh yeah, a whole lot of traveling. <laughs> We're going to have to do another uh, Where in the World is Clarence Hughes series. <laughs> or Where in the World, depends on how you say it. See? There you go. Good or bad thing. A <laughs> uh, few events coming up on the pro side of things. We have the Beach Pro Tour Elite 16 in Tapic, uh, Mexico. That's March 26th or 22nd through the 26th. The Beach Pro Tour Futures. Man, here we go. Kulangada. Beach, March 29th through the through April 2nd in Kalangata Beach, Australia. I think I nailed it, but we'll check that on. I, back I think you nailed it. We'll see. <laughs> Beach Pro Tour Futures in Tahiti. Uh, Futures Tahiti, uh, April 4th through the 8th in Tahiti, French Polynesia. Uh, oh, that's it on the future side of the <laughs> on the pro side of things. Uh, it's just one of those days. It's one of those days. Okay. <laughs> All jacked up on that coffee, man. That's right. That's right. Can't even see straight. <laughs> um, hit hit us with some uh, club reminders. Uh, I'll do that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> then before that, Beach goes to some really cool places, man. Like let's let's just let's just quit the podcast. How, how do we just get um become beach athletes? Let's yeah. just train. I know we're behind. We're really behind. But we got to get in shape. But let's get our sand legs. We just do. We just do a podcast tour alongside the Beach Pro Tour. You're right. I don't know about that. Yeah, we're doing that. All right. While <laughs> we'll Stephen brainstorms that, just on to a few more club event reminders. Um, registration is actually um, now closed for our Salt Lake City Showdown. This is our last national qualifier that USA Volleyball. National uh, offices uh, specifically. Else, it is one of those days, dude. Wow. So, um, if you are looking to get into the Salt Lake City Showdown, you must email events at usav.org so we can add you into the AES system so you can get your registration requirements completed. Um, registration is still open for our Open National Championship, like we mentioned. Um, in the beginning of this episode, registration is now open. Through, I believe, April 27th. Event dates are May 26th through the 31st. You do not want to miss opens this year. I'm warning you. That is your first and probably more warnings to come because I want as many people to come to the tournament as possible. We tried to get Steven there. He turned us down. It's okay. But, you know, it's going to be a good time in Dallas no matter what. I had to rub it in. <laughs> You're muted. You're muted. You're muted, man. I think you're muted, Steven. I can't hear you. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. So you said a whole paragraph and heard not a word. 
Nice. <laughs> nice. Professionals here. We're professionals. <laughs> That's okay to rub it in. That's fine. Uh, y'all are going to have a great time. And if you need any recommendations in Dallas, let me know. Always. Always. Uh, but here we go. Remember, listeners, you can rate and review, share with friends, family, teammates. It really really helps this podcast grow and reach new listeners. And now you can check out our video episodes on our YouTube channel, the USA Volleyball YouTube channel and our website, usavolleyball.org. Thank you so much for your continued support. Do you know a club that should be featured? Maybe an athlete or a coach that has a great story you'd like us to share? You can email us at the USAB show at usab.org. Leave us feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know about any future topics you'd like us to talk about. We want to hear from you. And until next time, you are listening to the USA Volleyball Show, the official podcast of USA Volleyball. And Mo Cameo, and we're out. This has been the USA Volleyball Show with Clarence Hughes and Stephen Munson. Produced by Curtis Ward. Our content producer is Laura Fawcett. Our marketing lead is Bree Jaycox. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate and review. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the USA Volleyball Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.